on this episode of Action Film Face-Off. Before I wish for your annihilation, any last words? Yeah. <laughs> It might be something. When I saw him step in the ring, in, in full respect to the actor, I know he's a great martial artist, but I was like, is he about to fight Michael Buble? Because <laughs> that's what it looks like. Call <laughs> <laughs> me. Here is my. Oh, f- <laughs> <laughs> the Long Box Crusade presents Action Film Face Off. This episode is 2009 versus 1971. Two films enter. One film leaves. Two men enter. One man 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 leaves. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hit. All right, folks, welcome back to Action Film Face-Off. This is, of course, the show where two random years are selected. My brother brought an action film from one of the random years. I brought one from the other random year. Those two films are going to do battle. We're going to use a variety of criteria, and a champion will be crowned by the end of the episode. I'm Jared Albrecht, the Death Probe. My co-host is my brother Jason, the Weasel Skull. We are both military combat vets who take our action seriously, but not too seriously. We're here to have some fun. On this episode, this is a regular episode for me. I'd seen Blood and Bone. I'd seen The Big Boss. What about you, Weasel Skull? I'd seen Blood and Bone before. I have never seen The Big Boss. I know that was, well, I watched the wrong Big Boss. It'll all become clear. No, this was my first experience with The Big Boss. Yes, uh, behind the scenes, our first experience of actually feel face off of an accidental wrong movie watch. But (laughs) we've got it all ironed out and we are ready to go. That's like having two guys named Jason on the same podcast. <laughs> it's just confusing as heck. That's all we're right? saying, Jared. How could you even tell when one of us is talking and not the other? Uh, so I got two Jasons here. I got the big boss, a.k.a. Fist of Fury. And then Jason Albrecht accidentally watched what we know as a Chinese connection, which is also known as the Fist of Fury. So we got all straight. We got too many Jasons and too many Furious Fists. We got it all straightened out, though. We're going to be fine. Yes, indeed. We are going to score each of today's films on a scale of 1 through 10 in five categories. Those categories are overall spectacle, the hero, best action scene, story, and the villain. And uh, it's not in that order on my script, nor is it that order in the show. So we've got just, I'm just messing everything all up. There will still be the deduction round, where up to 10 points can be subtracted from the film's total for whatever we determine is the low point of the movie. Thank you, Jason. And of course, I'm going to introduce our sniper because we don't have enough Jasons on the show. The sniper has just one point to give in each category. So the sniper can sway the scoring by up to a total of five points. And it just might matter on this one because I think my scores are pretty close. Let's meet our sniper. It is Crusaders Club member, all-around nice guy. It is Jason Keen. Welcome to Action Film Face-Off for kind of the first time, Jason. Thanks for having me back for the first time. It's great <laughs> to be here again, finally, initially. 
This is great. <laughs> Finally, initially, I like it. Yes. Well, um, the good news is I don't remember. I do not remember, but I remember liking, but I don't remember what they were, your three favorite action films. And as a first-time guest, you always have to tell us your three favorite action films. So lay it out there for the audience for us and remind the Weasel Skull and myself. Yes, sir. I will remind you. I think you'll like them. Most people tend to. They've had several sequels and spinoffs. So my first one is Mortal Kombat, and I'll go ahead and embarrass myself and say that is the first movie I took a date to. And uh, (laughs) I had more fun watching the movie, but it was still, she probably did too. After that, um, I have to, what I consider a classic is Jurassic Park. You know, they keep making sequels. You can't deny its popularity. Some of them are good. Some of them are, some of them. And, you know, (laughs) but they're all cool, big dinosaurs. So love that. And finally, I love James Bond and I love Indiana Jones. So I met in the middle and I chose Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade because I can get Sean Connery. Yes, uh, yes. Yes. I uh, needed him to tell Indy how to punch a Nazi or shoot a Nazi. I actually told him to shoot a Nazi. He didn't listen. It was a big thing, but he got Hitler's autograph later. It was, I don't know, confusing. But, uh, <laughs> Lots of fun, but uh, yeah, Last Crusade for me just is like peak indie. I concur, but uh, I have to remind you, you call him Dr. Jones, okay? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those are excellent suggestions. I'd forgotten that you have that Mortal Kombat love, which I love. I, I think that's great. Now, before our two films enter the video dome arena, we are thrilled to kick off this episode with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They get early access to special long box episodes. We started giving them inside the studio access to some live recordings of episodes. We enter them for raffle giveaways. You get to vote on show content. Oh, there's so much involved in it. You get all the access. And these are the people who are reaping all that access. And Helica Wolf. Oh. Oh. Auburn Elvis. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. Captain Entropy. Dave the Battlewagon Collins. Battlewagon. Ezra Gallo. Gary V. Gerald Green. Me. Jason Lady. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I prefer Jim Jarman 3. Jim Meal, Joe Thomas, John Watson, Josh Strickland, Candace Ward, Kathy Bright, Matt and Lissy Passo, Mark Ross, Maxwell Trevor, Miranda W, P.D. Devins, Paul Hicks, Rick from Jeff and Rick Present, Rob Morgan, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski. Spidey 67. Spreadsheet. Steve Cronin. Timmy. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And the Toronto Cop. Now, if we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. We record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're recent edition, we will add you soon. But you can always let us know if we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. Now, if you're asking yourself, now, how do I get on all this access? How do I become a Crusaders Club member? It's pretty easy. Patreon.com slash Crusade. You can get in for as little as $1 a month. 
it is worth it. I think. I don't know. Jason Keene will tell verified, us. verified, definitely worth it. Worth All it. Right. All right. Uh, Jason Keene is in at the $50 a month level, so he challenges everyone to match. <laughs> That's right. That's a, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> but yeah, we really appreciate folks like Jason Keen. One of the big benefits that you get for being a Crusaders Club member is you get priority access to being a guest on the show. And that's how Jason Keen is joining us today. We Woo-hoo. go out there and say, hey, we need to book some guests. We put it on the Patreon page for our Crusaders Club members. They say, hey, I'd like to be on that show. And we get you on. I like that benefit. And I like having Jason Keene here. So it all works out for everybody. All right. Enough trying to get your bucks. Let's whip out the nunchucks and get back to the film Gladiators about the battle for your pleasure. I was assigned in the year of 2009. So I selected Blood and Bone. What year did the randomizer select for you, Jason? I got 1971 and put into our video dome arena. Finally, the big boss, a.k.a. Fist of Fury. Well, we have got a matchup on this one, folks. Now, it's important to point out this isn't like Jared versus Jason versus Jason. We each had to select from our own assigned year, so I might like his selection better than mine, vice versa. This is really just about us discussing these beloved action films, coming to a consensus on which one is going to be this episode's champion. Let's start out with where we saw it. All right, so Blood and Bone, I watched with a buddy of mine a few years ago. I've had it on DVD ever since. Love it. The Big Boss, a.k.a. Fist of Fury, is near and dear to my heart because it's the first VHS tape I ever checked out from the library when I was in high school and I had got my own TV and VCR in my room and I had my driver's license and I went to the local library there on Fort Rucker and and I checked out Fist of Fury, as it was known then. And it was my first uh, entrance into Bruce Lee, so this one's near and dear to my heart. Uh, what about uh, you, Mr. Weasel Skull? How did you watch these films? Blood and Bone, I saw, I rented off of Apple. And for Fists of Fury, that one was a little bit of an adventure. I had to do some searches. I thought I found one. And then it was a Cynthia Rothrock kind of fan made thing. And I hope you watched the whole thing, though, because I love Cynthia Rothrock. <laughs> no, it was great. Like, I. You know, I crammed for the exam, so I watched it last night, and I was like, ooh, let's put a pin in this one and come back to it. (laughs) I've really got to find this movie. I almost called you to see if I could access your Plex server to see it, but I was able to rent it off of Amazon. Good deal. And and, uh, Professor Keen, uh, how have you uh, experienced these films? Well, this was my first time for both of these. This is uh, just a big hole in my action film, you know, repertoire. That I missed out on, you know, this major action piece and also the Bruce Lee movie. So, ah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no, no, I really did enjoy watching both of them. It was neat to uh, see them. I think I found both of them for rent on Amazon is where I got to see these. Well, there you have it, folks. Now we're going to get into the discussion portion of the show. So things are going to get spoiled if you've never seen the uh, Big Boss, a.k.a. Fists of Fury from 1971, or if you've never seen Blood and Bone, we're going to spoil these, uh, I don't know, deep and intricate plots for you. It's, it's a bunch of people fighting people. There's not a lot to spoil. But hey, if you want to go in fresh, pause the podcast here. Go ahead and watch the ones you need to watch, and we'll be here when you get back. Okay, guys, let me jump in with some quick info on 2009's 
blood and bone. You got to the count of five. You just signed your own death certificate, player. Five. After five years inside, Isaiah Bone is ready to start a new life. I have rules. No gangsters, no guns. This may not be the type of place that you're looking for. This seems like just the kind of place I'm looking for. So what's your name? Call me Bone. But a vicious crime lord... See all that? All that is mine. ...is bringing terror to the streets. And he is the only one who can step up. You ain't met my new father yet, huh? To bring him down. Yo, one more matchup tonight. There's a new kid in town. Call him Bone because that's what he breaking when he hits. I'm not sure I approve of the company you keep, Mr. Bone. Me neither. I have a fighter. So we're looking to sit at the grown-ups table, are we? Five million dollars. The fight is on. Never said I would fight. You are in that fight, or somebody's gonna be dead. I am the punishment of God. If you had not committed great sins, God would not have sent a punishment like me upon you. Blood and Bone stars Michael Jai White, whom I adore, by the way, is directed by Ben Ramsey. Synopsis goes a little something like this. Fresh out of prison, Mr. Bone seeks to enter the world of underground fighting and to apparently dominate at it. But he clearly has an ulterior motive. He's trying to keep a promise to a friend and reunite a mother and her child. Trivia goes a little something like this. According to the DVD commentary, the scene that used the song Dance Hall Days by Wang Chung was meant to use ABBA's Dancing Queen. But once ABBA saw the, <laughs> the scene they wanted to use it for, which is exceptionally brutal and violent, they said, uh, no, thank you. And they took a pass on that. I'm sure they were offered money, but that can be funny in a rich man's world. Jason Keene looks like he has jokes for this, too. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, just there was something with take a chance, take a chance, take a chance. <laughs> okay, but, he's cooking yeah. a joke with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the pieces are there. Build your own joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you guys put it together. Let us know. <laughs> All right. Trivia item number two. Robert Wall plays O'Hara in the 1973 Bruce Lee film Enter the Dragon. He's like the really big guy. He also plays a character in this movie named O'Hara. <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting kind of fact behind the fact is a lot of the folks in the background watching fights and whatnot are martial artists from yesteryear that were in a lot of these older films. So I think that Michael Jai White has a lot of respect for those guys. So he brought a lot of those guys in and cast them in background roles. What I think is really neat. And finally, Michael Jai White squares off against Matt Mullins near the end of the film. I believe his character's name was Price. Later, they would star in Mortal Kombat Rebirth together as Jax and Johnny Cage, although they never share any scenes together in Mortal Kombat Rebirth, but they're both in it. A decent sequel. 
not not uh, my favorite of the series. But yeah, if you guys haven't seen that, I'd check it out. All right. Now I will give you all the rundown on 1971's The Big Boss. Just keep away. It's not your fight. The cast and crew included Bruce Lee and some other people. It was directed by Wei Lo and I'm going to butcher this, Chi Sang Woo. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Okay. The synopsis goes a little something like this. And I owe this to Kenneth Chisholm from IMDb. I'm stealing this word for word, so thank you. Chang is a city boy who moves with his cousins to work at an ice factory. He does this with a family promise, never to get involved in any fight. However, when members of his family begin disappearing after meeting the management of the factory, the resulting mystery and pressures force him to break that vow and take on the villainy. Of the big boss. I'm watching, I'm watching like little scenes of it on IMDb right now. I'm watching that ice fight scene. Hold on, everybody. Ow! Yeah. Okay. And here's the trivia. In Chinese culture, the color white symbolizes death. In fights where Chang kills, he wears white. The Thai brothel in the film was, was an actual brothel. The exotic dancer was actually a prostitute. So good acting. And finally, Bruce Lee badly twisted his ankle during filming, and several of his scenes required close-ups to disguise the fact that he was dragging his leg. He also caught the flu and badly cut his hand, requiring 10 stitches. So he paid a little bit filming with this movie. Got that uh, Tom Cruise energy. (laughs) He does, yep. And now that we have the basics on today's contestants. Ladies and gentlemen, test your might. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Fight. It's a street fight. Oh, man. There's a lot of fighting to be talking about this one. We are getting to the scoring rounds. Now, before we do that, of course, I'm going to remind everybody of Match Game. We have two films, five categories. Jason and I can match up to 10 possible times. Jason Albrick and I can match up to 10 possible times. On this, I have not seen his scores. He has not seen mine. So place your bets. How many times are we going to match? Speaking of scores, let's get your barometer set. Five is average. Five means it's good. It's fine. It does its job. It's kind of what you'd expect to see on a decent TV movie. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You got yourself a really good movie. Four, three, two, one. You've got things to work on. Having said all that, let's get into round one. Round one is the story. How engaging is the story? How original is the story? Your thoughts on Blood and Bone from 2009. Blood and Bone was a lot of fun to watch. I enjoy martial arts movies, and it was fun to watch Michael J. White do what Michael J. White do. So it was, you know, a lot of fun to see other uh, some of the other actors that I had known from, like the HBO series Oz showed up in 
the movie that, you know, I, then the lady from the Mandalorian, I was, Oh my God, there's so many people. So you really had to watch it. I watched it twice just to go back and quit geeking out about all the people and all the moves. It's a lot of fun. It's silly fun. It's not a movie you can take seriously, but who cares about that? That's not what this show's about. So <laughs> it was great fun. I think it caught me a little off guard with, some of the dated uh, references that you might not find in a movie today. There's you know, a few in words dropped and things like that, but it wasn't you know enough to like take you out of the movie. It made sense in the film. It was you know of its time. It was an R-rated movie. It's not PG-13 like most you know action movies are today. So taking that into consideration, yeah, it's a great movie. It's fun. It's a good popcorn movie. I think it, the only I think it's an excellent popcorn movie, but like you said, don't take your kids. Uh, <laughs> let's throw it to the Weasel Skull. His thoughts on the story of Blood and Bone, two thousand nine. Well, those who are familiar with my scoring on our our Crusademus episodes, I really enjoy my comics that have humor, heart, spectacle, and art, and I like my action movies kind of the same way. And this really delivered a lot of those elements. There was some humor. I thought it was funny when in that scene where those kids were popping off to the old man and the old man gets up. So don't make me come off this porch. And then Michael Jai White stands up behind him and the kids like and they (laughs) run off. And the old man thinks that that they're respecting him. That's funny. You know, the heart. I think there was a lot of heart in this story. It's we don't know what Bone did to get put in prison. All we know is he's an honorable man. I don't know if he was guilty of whatever crime he got sentenced for or if he was set up or what the story is. But we know he's an honorable man. And as the story unfolds, it shows us in so many ways how honorable he is and how important honor and keeping his word is. So there's that spectacle. The fight scenes are amazing. I don't know if it's just me. I don't see a lot of stuff with Michael Jai White in it. You know, I've seen a lot of Keanu Reeves and great films with John Wick. But man, this cat, and we'll talk more about it in the hero session, I'm sure. But holy cow, he carries a movie really well. And the art, of course, the martial arts, it amazes me how someone that large can still be that flexible and move so fast. Like, he is just something else to watch. Just amazing in those fight scenes. So, yeah, expect a decent score from me here. And I'm going to echo everybody else. Awesome stuff. I Especially what my brother was just saying, too, about they give you little nuggets, but they don't give you the whole deal. You don't know why he's honorable, but I did catch the fact that he told his buddy in prison that he had a brother. It might have even been a twin. I can't remember. But they said they killed him thinking he was me. And that gave me the impression that like it was one of those two brothers and there was like the the bad one and the good one. And his good brother had gotten killed because of him. And I think that's what turned his life around and where he decided to become honorable. I'm only guessing, though, because yeah, (laughs) that's all the movie gave us. (laughs) I really like that idea, though. And until Mm -hmm. Jason said that, I'll be honest, I didn't notice that we didn't know why he was in jail like the plot moves along so well that you know he's a good guy so it doesn't even matter why he was in jail because you see his heart now you see it in his actions now 
So, you know, you're not thinking of him as a criminal necessarily the whole movie. This discussion, I'm erasing the score I had, and I'm adding one point because I think it's better than what I originally wrote down. <laughs> I, just, I just talked myself enough in my score, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just added a point because so I like that. The game will not be affected, people. Everything is still <laughs> in play. Don't erase your scores. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to you, Mr. Jason Keene, for your thoughts on the story of The Big Boss, a.k.a. Fist of Fury from 1971. Woo. Well, this one, uh, obviously you had to pay a little bit more attention just for the fact that you were, had to do a little reading while you were watching this movie to understand what was going on. Oh, you um, had subtitles. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Mine was dubbed. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I had the subtitled, so I had to stay in the room and pay attention and back up and say, yeah. So <laughs> I, I enjoy that though. Like I, you know, broke my teeth on crouching tiger, hidden dragon when, that hit theaters. I remember Hell loving yeah. that. So this brought me back into that frame of mind. Obviously, this is the progenitor of that. This is you know somebody that made the martial arts scene, and it was so much fun to watch Bruce Lee do what I've always known Bruce Lee did, but I'd never seen him do it. You know, if that makes sense. I've seen a few Bruce Lee movies. Here and there, I've seen cuts and, you know, being a Mortal Kombat fan, of course, Liu Kang is based on Bruce Lee. So everybody that's a Mortal Kombat fan has to be a Bruce Lee fan. <laughs> it's, you know, it was amazing to watch him. I saw Liu Kang a few times in the movie while he was, you know, doing the extreme you know, things. <laughs> but I got to see an actor, too. It wasn't just, you know, a guy walking around and now I'm going to punch and fight people. He put effort into his performance. And I was surprised when Jason said that some of the people in the movie were it was like real locations and the woman was actually a woman that you know worked there. It didn't come across as such. It came across as, oh, OK, these are professional actors i would have thought i would not have thought that this was just kind of oh hey would you like to be in the movie too and well acted the bad guy we'll get to that later i won't give away that stuff but i got thoughts on him he's a lot of fun so <laughs> yeah i enjoyed this movie i'm so glad we got to watch it awesome awesome going to the weasel skull for 1971's big boss aka fist of fury i agree with what jason Keane said 100 percent, and i too kind of came into this like I admitted up front. I'd never watched a movie before. I liked the mystery of it. I liked the culture. Like it was obviously filmed on kind of a shoestring budget. They had just a few sets, but you really got a sense of the family dynamic of the the group that Chang was a part of. On the one end, you got the family dynamic of the working class. Then you got the big boss that lives in the big mansion. And in the middle, you have the house where the middle management goes. So, I mean, there's there's just a lot of a lot of things told simply, but it's complicated, but told simply. And I really appreciated that. I think, you know, the action elements were great. We'll get into that in spectacle. I will say it was just kind of funny because really they spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out which of them was going to go to the police. Cheng tries once and then ends up, it's like, did you go to the police? Nah, man, I got distracted by Hennessy and Orbs. What can I say? I, we've <laughs> all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. We've all done it. Right? But then at the very end, it's like the girl, 
who all she does is like do laundry and she she cooks their dinner. Then she gets kidnapped, and then like the moment she <laughs> she gets free, she goes to the police. We could have cut to the chin. Into this, probably <laughs> should put her in charge of that yeah. the whole time. Yeah, the shit she did is right, right. But and the shirt had to be starched, so I mean, you know. <laughs> well, and then on the other hand, you have the mystery, and they spend the time like, I wonder what's happening. They're talking over dinner, and like one of us needs to go talk to the boss, and let's go to the big boss. Let's see what information we can get. I don't know. Let's strike until we find out what's happening to our people. And then in the end, he just needs to go to the hooker. She's like, Oh yeah, he. He killed your dudes in there in the black ice, just, just so you know. <laughs> so the women are the key to the thing the whole time. <laughs> but in between, there's a lots of lots of fighting and action, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Freaking Shoe Shane's been dead for like three weeks, and they're I still know. like talking about what their master strategy is going to be. Exactly. It's like just, they got a long plan. It's a, it's a long game. You can't. You don't just jerk to a reaction. You got to think about these things very Strategy. carefully. Strategy. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. Um, I, this is one of those movies we've talked about before an action film face off. It's simple, but it's well executed. It's, it's not terribly complicated, but it's fun to watch it unfold. It's exciting to hear you guys talk about it because you're feeling the way that I felt in high school when I popped that VHS tape in. Like, what is this whole Bruce Lee world all about? And it looks different from a lot of film. Well, it did at the time, especially because I never really seen that shoestring budget, you know, Hong Kong cinema before. And I, it's a great experience. And I'm glad you guys got to do it as well. Just to hammer the point home, my boy Chang didn't have to go to prison at the end. They just go no. because at the end of it, it was like, now you go to the police after I killed everyone. <laughs> I'm I know, right? Left to arrest. I'm literally the only one left to arrest. Well, the good news is there's not a lot of people that can t- testify against him at his trial because <laughs> they're all dead. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, oh goodness! All right. Well, if we one got one more person dies. Just one more. <laughs> I'm calling the police. I'm just calling one. The cops. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Way, way out of line. <laughs> I never. <laughs> All right, guys, let's score these movies. Let's go back to Blood and Bone. We're talking strictly on the story here. On a scale of one to ten, my brother Jason gave it. I'm giving this one an eight. I really was expecting just uh, a lot of fists, a lot of fighting, and I got that, but I got a pretty complex story with some pretty complex characters in here as well. So eight from me. And it's funny because on my sheet, I originally had a six and through our discussion, I wrote it up to a seven because I was like, I thought it was pretty simple, but then I thought, no, there's a little bit of layers in it. And it did something we didn't talk about. I'll bring it up right now. It really made me wish there was a sequel. I want to see more adventures of Bone helping people. I was kind of wondering if they were going in that direction because they sure laid out a lot of seeds for a sequel. And I had good money to see one. All right, Jason Ulbrich, let's move backwards to 1971. Bruce Lee's sort of big breakout first performance film. What do you got? I give it a six. I think, you know, it's it's a decent plot. It's enough to hold it together. But we just really need to get from one fight set to another fight set to another fight set. And that's all I really need in a movie like this. And it, it's what delivered. Match game. I also gave it a six. It is not a knock on the film. It is a simple film. It is well executed. So we have to go to Mr. Jason Keene now with his sniper bullet. Do you think the bonus point bullet should go to Blood and Bone or the Big Boss, a.k.a. Fist of Fury? Ooh, well, 
both enjoyable stories, both simple stories done well. So this is a toss up. It depends on which day of the week it is, what I would say, quite honestly, because I can see it given it to both. But I'm going to go with Blood and Bone this time. While there is good storytelling in The Big Boss, I think there's just a little bit more complexity and a little more subtlety in Blood and Bone, which is not you know known for subtlety, I would probably guess, <laughs> but it, it, comparatively, yes. Yeah. So Blood and Bone for me. Awesome. That's the end of round one. That means it's my turn for round two. And in round two, we talk about the hero. How compelling was the hero? How interesting the story? What about the hero's surrounding cast? His ensemble, if you will. Let's talk about it, and then let's rate it. Jason Keene, my brother from another mother, go ahead and talk to me about the hero of Blood and Bone. Michael J. White is a lot of fun. I've been a fan of his since Spawn. Uh, you were right when you said he hasn't had a whole lot of movies. He's you know criminally underrated in the action community. I wish he had more work, and maybe he'll still get back to it. Not too late. Put him in a Marvel movie. Actually, really, put him in a Marvel movie. Now that I say that out loud, that makes a lot of sense. But it's a good story with a good guy. I like to have someone that I don't have to feel iffy about rooting for. And I never felt iffy about rooting for Bone in the movie. He was always in the right. He was always morally above reproach, even if he was doing things that, you know, maybe we don't do in the real world, but it was a lot of fun. I think he was great at the way he played the, oh, what was Rufio's name? The side character that he got to. I was trying to remember too, Jared Hell's out. Gosh. Oh, you're talking um, about like his partner? He's like, business yeah, partner? yeah. The yeah. Guy I can't remember either, but he was great. <laughs> yes. And it was great how he set him, you know, to work for him and knowing who he is and what he is and seeing him for what he is and still, okay, but you're a good person in this bad business. So I'm going to trust you to help me get to where I need to be. I just enjoyed Michael J. White a lot. I think that his action scenes were just beyond the scope of what you see on the norm. So I would watch him do this all the time. Like you said, Jason, I would love to see sequels. Even now they could go back. I mean, Top Gun just had a sequel. Indiana Jones is getting sequels. Let's do Blood and Bone 2. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> I paid good money. You're right. Dante Bosco is the actor. He played pinball. That's it. That's pinball. It. Ah, pinball. pinball. How did I forget pinball? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I will say the part that gave me mad respect for pinball is when the big guy came in. Oh, the hammer? The hammer. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, where's Bone? Man, I would have been like, I'd have thrown Bone under the bus. <laughs> like, right behind you. his mother's house, I'll take you to his mother's house. She'll know where he is. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, holy cow. That's a he was a wingman. Boy, he earned his wings. I'll just leave it there. Indeed. Indeed. But it's it's uh, it's Jared's turn to talk. We need to talk about heroes. Jared, what'd you think of Michael Jai White? Uh, I, like I said up front, I just adore him. And I, I agree with, I, I can't remember which Jason said. What, I agree with what Jason said. <laughs> this dude needs to be in more movies. He he can carry movies. We need to see him in more movies. I've always liked him. I mean, Jason Keene mentioned get him in a Marvel movie. He was in a Batman movie and they did like nothing with him. He was in the Dark Knight and for like One four of minutes. The 
better roles in that movie. It was a fun. He was uh, wasn't he Gamble? Was that the character's name? Yeah, he's just some kind of a gang dude or something. And yeah, you know, he was one of the mob bosses that the Joker took down. But I think yeah. he was one of the earlier ones that he took down. So he right? didn't get to stick around and no martial arts. No like martial arts. It feels like a crime. Yeah, yeah like, waste like, waste. you mentioned Spawn. The best movie I've ever seen him in has got to be Black Dynamite. That's one of the most incredible movies oh, ever made. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> it's insane if you haven't seen Black Dynamite. I love this guy. And, and he's just one of those performers. I have a very short list of performers that I just like every movie they're in. I like the way they carry themselves um, off screen. By all accounts, he's just like the nicest guy. Michael J. White's one of these gentle giant kind of guys. Dude's got a terrific smile. I would hug him if he'd let me. I don't know where we're going with this conversation, but he's gonna get a he's gonna get a high score for me. I just love him. I think he's great. Love him, think he's great, would hug him. That's yeah. what and I he has think a terrific smile. A, yeah, great <laughs> smile. I think that's as good as it gets right there. All right. Well, let's whip this truck around and talk about uh, a little known actor called uh Bruce Lay, I think is what is what it says here on the script. I'm kidding, of course. It's Bruce Lee. What did you think there, Jason Keene? I had never known Stan Lee to have a son. I always thought he had a daughter, so this was fascinating. <laughs> and then not only... Wait, I'm sorry. Getting... Oh, scratch that. Never mind. Okay, it was fact-checked. <laughs> you can scratch that. Yeah. No, uh, this was incredible. It was Bruce Lee at, you know, the beginning of his career being Bruce Lee. I've, I think my most experience with Bruce Lee before most intimate experience was watching the dragon, the Bruce Lee story and seeing, you know, everything about his life retold. So I know I must've seen this movie shown in that movie mentioned filmed a little bit, but I had no recollection of how it would do. And like I told you, it was definitely fun watching Bruce act. He's not the best actor in the world, but he's trying. He's putting the effort in. And, you know, the martial arts are insane. He, you know, rewrote the book on martial arts. There's nothing we can say here that is ever going to be enough to talk about what Bruce Lee has done for martial arts. That being said, he's in a category all by himself, but he did a good job. He earned that category by himself. I agree. Jared, what do you have to add? I'm going to use a big word that I stole from Jason Keene earlier. This is the progenitor <laughs> to Bruce Lee in what I think is the pinnacle of his career, which I think we covered Covered Enter the Dragon on Action Film. We have done Enter the Dragon, yes. Getting close to have watched all the Bruce Lee movies. Oh, yeah. There's not a ton of them, unfortunately. But yeah, this this is that early Raw. I think, like I said, this was sort of his first breakthrough film. His acting isn't what it can be. Like, I think he gets better. I think his acting's better in Enter the Dragon than it is here. This is just like his first film. He's kind of going with the flow. I'm sure he's taking a lot of, you know, acting directions from the director and all that stuff. And he's great. I mean, it's it's Bruce Lee. Like, you know how we always say like the a seven is is Roger Moore in a view to kill, right? Like Bruce Lee, just when he steps into anything, he's gonna start at a seven. Oh, by the way, I got him scored a little higher than that. We'll find out. Just even raw first film Bruce Lee is just he's got that charisma. He's got that charisma that you just you wanna watch him and you have to watch him because he's so fast. He's so <laughs> very fast when he's physical. I'm all over the place, but we'll find out what the scores say. 
Yeah, I think the one scene that really encapsulates that for me was, and I really like the guy that played his cousin, the one that steps up to fight after the little mm-hmm. boy's getting bullied. Mm-hmm. Even in that fight, as good as that guy is, you're watching him, but you always got one eye on Bruce Lee. Like, when's he going to pop off? Right. When is he going to pop off? And it's like, oh, good job, dude. But uh, a little disappointed. Bruce Lee didn't pop off. And so it's I, I think you, you nailed it on the head. You just even in that fight scene, you're keeping your eye out for Bruce Lee. Very interesting. Very good points. I think all we got to do now is go back and score them. So, Jared, I'll lay it out there for you. What score are you giving Michael Jai White for Blood and Bone? I'm going to give Michael Jai White for Blood and Bone. I'm going to give him an eight. I really like him a lot. Uh, Again, there might be some homerism in that just because I just like him every time he shows up and stuff. But yeah, eight. Match game. I gave him an eight as well. I thought, like we talked about, he brings a lot of charisma, a lot of he owns that character when he's. He's on camera. He owns that character, and it's really impressive to watch. We've got an opponent here that's no slouch in that category either, though, and Bruce Lee, Jared. So what are you giving old Bruce? For this film, I'm giving him an eight for his initial film. So, I mean, to me, with that score of an eight, that is a high compliment to Michael Jai White. Like, you are in league with Bruce Lee in this film, and that is something to brag about to me. I gave him an eight. I was a little more generous. I gave him a nine just because he's a legend. Absolutely understand. (laughs) I don't know the order of March of these movies. I don't know what came first, second or third. So all I know is he was really good. Uh, The physical scenes, he was just banging. And he always had that cocky little look in his eyes. And I just really adore that. It's something that, even me just kind of starting to get a little more familiar with Bruce Lee's like, oh, yeah, that's the Bruce Lee look where he's trying to look vulnerable. Oh, yeah, that's the Bruce Lee look you get when you're about to get your ass whooped. Right. You just know. And it's just it's fun. It's fun to watch. So nine from me. We do have an opportunity to bump old Michael Jai White up to that elite nine category, but that's up to Jason Keene. He's got one sniper bullet that he can give to either Bruce Lee or Michael Jai White, which is it, sir. Woo. This is close as well. I enjoyed both actors in their movies, but end of the day, it's Bruce Lee. So it's just, you know, the legendary status puts him over the top. Like you said, I think it might be just the way that as American film goers, we kind of idolize the people that have passed away and give them a little extra bump. So I think that might be it. But he's so good. And for this to be his first movie and not really know what he's doing as far as acting wise, but, you know, has the martial art background and bringing it all in. So, yeah, he gets it for me. It's like you said, dude, this movie is lighting the fuse to the dynamite that's going to change the world of martial arts cinema forever. So the black dynamite. (laughs) Yeah. Without (laughs) this, we don't get black dynamite. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I was going to say, I I think, you know, we can all take comfort in knowing that if Michael Jai White was here right now, he'd probably give the score to Bruce Lee as well. Just, just based off of what I know about the man. As soon as you're hugging him. Yeah. Yeah, I will get that hug in. 
Yeah. He's <laughs> here. I get a hug from him too. Why not? So, all right. Well, I think I've wrapped up my round and I'm ready to pass it on over to you, Jared. That must mean it's time for round three. Ah, round three is the villain. How menacing or entertaining is your villain? Uh, we say this a lot of the show, but I got to remind everybody, this is one of those categories where if you put in a little extra effort, it goes a long way because great villains, I think, make great movies. So let's find out which movie had the better villainy. We will start with Blood and Bone and your thoughts to the Weasel Skull this time. James, I liked him. I liked him a lot as the villain. He's one of those guys that wants to be more than what he is. And he convinces people around him that he's more than what he is to some degree. But he can't fool old Michael Jai White. But he tries mighty hard during the course of that film. For example... Don't curse in my house. It's disrespectful. It shows lack of intelligence. Well, Michael Jai White curses like a sailor on shore leave. Yet he is clearly a master at chess <laughs> compared to James. So it's kind of a James. Is, he's got a vision of what he should be. And that reality is never going to meet that vision. And it is just that much more fun to see his comeuppance in the final act. Great performance by who was it? Uh, something Walker, Iman Walker, Iman Walker, Iman. He was good, he was real good as the villain, Professor King. I enjoyed him quite a bit as well. He's uh, an actor that I'd seen before on the HBO series Oz. I don't know if you guys have watched that before, but it's a heck of a series. I think it's still on Max, so people go watch it. And he's amazing in that, and he is such a compelling villain. Like you said, Jason, he's trying to make people believe. He's trying to make himself believe and everybody else around him. And he does it to a certain degree. You're right. He has this level of success. But then Michael Jai White just, you know, completely calls a halt to everything he's doing, calls him out on all his BS to, you know, not curse. I wouldn't want to disrespect James in this house. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) yeah, he falls for all of Michael J. White's plans. You can almost see it in retrospect, all the stuff that he's setting up and how James just plays right into it, but he can't help himself. He's, you almost feel compelled to like James. There are likable traits in James. Yes. Yes. He's funny. He's very intelligent, fun to listen to a handsome man. I'd hug him too. You know, a lot of fun to watch on the camera. Yeah, I enjoyed him quite a bit. I could watch this actor do many, many roles. And I'm going to add, Professor Keene mentioned earlier, a certain respect for actors who have passed away. Not long before this recording, we lost Mr. Julian Sands, who, you know, I kind of knew was Warlock. He did the Warlock movies and all that. And I, when I saw he was in this, because he had passed away, like, right before I watched this in preparation for the show. And I was like, oh, Julian Sands, I'd forgotten he was in this. And he's one of those kind of actors where you get the feeling they probably were able to hire him for like two days or something like that. He was only like one scene or two scenes. And man, does he elevate it because we already have a really good villain like like you guys were talking about. Iman Walker. He's awesome. And then you get to see him talking to the the guy he, he wants to be, you know, the next level bad guy. And man, that is a, a fascinating scene because... You get to see two very, very bad guys. One guy wants to be the other one. And just by 
the words he says and how he says it, that, that Julian Sands performance, you're like, why in the world would you ever want to be him? He's just awful. And, and that's kind of when you realize, yeah, this, this, his whole plan, you know, to rise above, where are you rising to? Where are, are you, you rising? Are yeah. you rising? Yep. And Julian Sands gives an amazing, amazing performance. Like I said, one or two scenes, but you can't not watch him. He commands your attention. And so I just going to add his bit of villainy to what was already an awesome villain. You get sort of like a awesome villain with a side of awesome villain. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. It's yeah. very like Emperor Palpatine, Darth Vader yes. kind of feel, you yes, know, like, oh, he's bad. Oh, he's worse. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move over to the villainy. And there's a fair amount in the big boss, a.k.a. Fist of Fury, Weasel Skull. Like we said, I watched the wrong movie the first time, so I had scored the villains there quite low. But this <laughs> one, this had a way better villain. I don't remember the, the name of the character. We'll just call him Big Boss. The Big Boss, kind of like Julian Sands, isn't in it a ton. He's got a few scenes in there. And one really cool action scene at the end. But he had everything that you really want in the villain. Just doing devious things, doing evil things, doing violent things, turning people against people, turning Bruce Lee against his family, knowing how to push buttons, just being sleazy, like just creepy, but still loves his son, really relies on his son and his gang. Treats them right, treats them nice. You know, so there's a lot of different facets to old boy. And then in the final act, well, he kind of teased it in the uh, earlier, but in the final act, he, he throws down with Bruce Lee and gets some hits in. So it's like, ooh, this guy's pretty, uh, you know, he's he's a physical, we won't say match, that's going too far. But, but, you know, he makes Bruce Lee bring his A game there in the final fight. So lots of things that I just really loved about this character. His menace, his evilness, his sleaziness, you know, in the end, the physical chops to film that final boss fight, which was pretty doggone good. All whilst wearing horn rimmed glasses. <laughs> I know. When he tossed that, when the he bird. tossed that, the birds up like a baller, I was like, <laughs> what? And I'm sorry, Bruce. It was cool that you knocked it down and all, but I'm still impressed that he hooked that. Like, he hooked the birds. <laughs> That was great. It was pretty good. All right, Mr. Keen, what you got? I really enjoyed all the bad guys in this movie. There's, you know, a ton of, you know, generic bad guys for Bruce and company to punch. But yeah, the main, the boss is so much fun. I think what uh, I really liked about him most is how, how non-menacing he was when you saw him. He's this sweet little old man in horn rim glasses, wearing a robe, serving you tea. He's not a killer. He's not bad. Oh, you did contact the police. Okay, yeah, we're waiting to hear back. I understand. That makes sense to me, sir. Yeah, okay. He's <laughs> he's very good. It's not that ridiculous movie where I'm going to obviously say something that is not true, but I'm going to emphasize it so that you know to go along with it. It was just... No, 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 no. I really am looking. Uh, he was trying to convince him. And that bit of lying came across as much more sinister from this little unassuming man. Whereas, you know, in the last movie, any of the bad guys comes up to you, what you clean your pants, then you decide how to deal with them. If he walks up, he's not a physical threat. 
per se, necessarily looking at him. Obviously, he would be. At a glance, he seems to be just a nice little businessman, and he's going to do his best by you. So I like him for his subtle evil. Well said. Well said. I think every major villain in a movie needs to have a woman that does the little the little fist massage. He had that 24-7, 24-7, and she's putting like zero effort into it, but... <laughs> <laughs> crack me up but yes yes that may creep my wife out as well she walked in during a couple of the scenes and she's like oh i don't like him so that really added to it a little bit of that <laughs> right. yeah. on top. so yeah it was. it was all like kindly and all that and if you messed up he's like boom there's a dart in your chest <laughs> like what <laughs> and that one lady had like 15 like dirt holes <laughs> when are you gonna stop spilling the tea lady come on <laughs> <laughs> looks like he was getting ready to go after roger moore i believe <laughs> all right let's score these let's go back to uh 2009 we had some excellent villainy in this film and where did you land on your one to ten there jason the weasel skull in full disclosure i've given it a seven that's before i learned that uh the great julian sands had passed which is as of this podcast i just learned that so i'm gonna bump it up to an eight in respect to a great actor gone too soon well, then, this last-minute change in plans has led us to a match game because I already had it at an 8 as well. Like I said, I think the main villain uh, was enough to get it up to a 7, and then the, the Sands gave it a bump up. So let's go to 1971. Jason, a little Bruce Lee film action. What do you got? 1 to 10 on that villain. I'm going to give that one a 7. I thought he was really solid as a villain. I thought he had a pretty good crew around him. Not quite to the level of blood and bone, but pretty doggone close. Match game. I also have it at a seven, which means the ball now goes to our good friend, Jason Keen. And man, you have this has been an unenviable position all episode long, man. These are all tough. I know, right? Jeez, I'm, I'm in the hot seat all night. That just shows how close these movies are because I could go either way on both of them on uh, almost every category. The villain that sticks with me most, though, that I've remembered more from both movies is James. So I'm going to go with Blood and Bone. It's you know just the one that his acting stuck with me, carried more resonance with me. I enjoyed his time on screen more. Maybe it was the language barrier that stopped me a little bit connecting with the big boss, but Still good, fun, and I feel bad not giving the big boss the point since the movie's named after him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, depends, on which, depends on which title you use. Ah, there you go. There you go. All right. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going with Blood and Bone for the point on this one. That sounds good. And that sounds like the end of round three. Well, that's taking us into my round, round four. But your style is no match for mine. The spectacle. And by spectacle, we're going to talk about stunts and effects. We're going to talk about setting, lighting. We'll talk about background music, cinematography, all those things, all wrapped into one. All the things that make a great movie great. And we're going to kick it off to my brother this time. Jared, what are your thoughts on the spectacle of Blood and Bone? Well, the first thought you have when you think of the spectacle of Blood and Bone is the fight scenes. They're all really well done. Uh, My favorite Part of it is uh, not a lot of movies do this. Very few movies do this. But as 
Bone is preparing to fight his opponent, he's watching them and he's figuring out where their weaknesses are or what they like to over rely on. They do that visually without saying anything or anything. They just, you know, they cut to Michael J. White. He's clearly watching the guy. He's watching the, you know, maybe they'll do a little slow motion or a zoom in. And it, oh, okay, this guy likes to, you know, kick low and raises right. There's a spot there. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Like I, that was well done. It's not even really an effect. It's just a technique that I think was really good. I also think it was really well lit. I think there's a, a, a good color choices were picked for different scenes. And uh, I just noticed the lighting and the color selections were all very strong. They had a good set designer for that film. I saw that come through. So those are my sort of my biggest things as far as spectacle, you know, aside from the really great fights. So yeah, a lot of good spectacle here. Jason Keene, what's your thoughts? The uh, biggest spectacle other than the fight scenes, because they are incredible and amazing and we can't talk about them enough, but the set design for one of the first fights when, uh, bone meets pinball and all the fighting outside goes down as soon as it came on screen it reminded me of dueling dragons double dragons all of those side scrolling you know two player or mm. fighter video games that came out in the 80s and 90s it looked like that came to life and that was fun that was you know a huge geek out moment here's something that only ever existed on your TV screen with 8-bit animation, 16-bit animation, and now we've made it into a full-length movie where everybody, yeah, everybody just comes and hangs out in the back parking lot behind the Home Depot, and we all put up lights and and (laughs) bet on things, and, you know, like you do. Like you do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm in Florida, so stuff happens here. I get (laughs) Call it the fist in the furious. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the spectacle of this movie is visually a lot of fun to watch. And the fight scenes are immaculate. Just fun, fun, fun. Yeah, I think the only thing that I'll add briefly is just the sound effects of those fights. Man, those bone crunching punches were just like, oh, man, I started bruising up just sitting on the couch listening to it. Boy, it is a physical, physical movie. All right, but people don't want to hear from me. They want to hear from Jared talk about a little no movie called Fist of Fury, a.k.a. Big Boss. Well, once again, the fight scenes are incredible. What stands out to me is the music. Okay, I told you guys I popped that VHS tape in in probably 1994. And I have never forgotten that music since. I think the music on it is really great. It's it's like 70s, but it's kind of Eastern. but you can tell that there's some kind of an American influence to it. Love the dang soundtrack. I love the Foley work, you know, the classic Kung Fu Foley work of over flapping clothes and stick smacking hits and all that stuff. That's it's part of the charm. I don't know about you guys. The, the world is divided. Bruce Lee himself was divided on the part where he hits the guy so hard. He goes through the wall and he leaves like the wily e. coyote cut out of himself in it. To me, that was just just enough over the top stupid that I liked it. So <laughs> these are the things that have stuck with me. A little more slide whistle for me. A little side whistle for you. I get <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think it was Bruce Lee who wasn't big on it. But you know, these sort of kung fu action comedies in the style of Jackie Chan were becoming popular. So, anyways, oh, there's a lot to like there. I'm going to shut up and let the professor take it from here. Oh goodness. Um. Yeah. Uh. The 
scenes are a lot of fun to look at. I like the music, the costuming. Everything is simple, but there's something you know marvelous in the simplicity of it. The shoestring budget that you guys alluded to earlier. It's a lot of fun to see what they did with a little amount. There's no giant scene that stands out more than others other than maybe just the ice house setting of itself which is a lot of fun i don't know about you but every time that saw came out of the floor i was like oh is this the time is this the time is something good yes oh my gosh oh it was drooling with anticipation so yeah a lot of fun uh visual excitement in this one too all right real quick Cookie cutter cutout or no cookie cutter cutout, Jason? No cookie cutter for me. It's a little bit slide whistle. I, just, I knew it. You know, I knew it for Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I like it. You know, it I get it. But mm. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna vote. No I, I'll just throw in that Octopussy is my favorite Bond movie, so I like silly. But, right. uh, <laughs> in, in my own as my own defense lawyer on this. Like, I'm glad they just did it once. Like, if yeah, it had been yeah. multiple times, I would have been, eh. But, like, the fact they just did it that one time, I was like, okay, it, it's charming. One more, I would have said no, but it's a charming. Anyway, that's for me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think all we have left to do now is score them. So, Jared, what are you going to score Blood and Bone Spectacle? Oh, man. It's a tough one. Really, really great fight scenes. Definitely a cut above. I landed at a seven. I might have shortchanged it, but I landed at a seven. <laughs> you know, match game, and I was kind of the same way. There's something about it where you want to give it more, but when you look back and you think about it, there wasn't any, like, really standout. You know what it might be, as I was just thinking about this? He may be overpowered. He's, like, indest- like it doesn't, he doesn't even break a, break a sweat <laughs> defeating, like, everybody, which I on one hand is great to see. But on the other hand, I, I would maybe like to see him get challenged a little more. There was that one scene where he got hit one time and he had like a little speck of blood. And then the woman at the house was like, oh, my God, you're hurt. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've got myself shaving more than what he had on his face. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you might be on to something because I even thought I'm sure we'll talk about it in the best action scene. But even that final fight, they really kind of set it up. Like against uh, what was the name? Pretty boy or Price? I think was Pretty Boy Price. Yeah, and even that was kind of questionable. Like you kind of took him down pretty easy. So (laughs) it might be something. But I saw him step in the ring, and and full respect to the actor. I know he's a great martial artist, but I was like, is he about to fight Michael Bublé? That's what it looks like. <laughs> Call me irresponsible. Oh, <laughs> man, no disrespect to the actor. It had a lot to do with what he was wearing. I know that guy is a great martial artist. Do not hunt me down and teach me that you are not Michael Bublé. <laughs> yes, we know. We know you are not Michael Bublé. Well, somebody who... Also, is not Michael Bublé, is a little-known actor called Bruce Lee. What did you think of the spectacle of Bruce Lee's film, Fists of Fury, a.k.a. The Big Boss? You know, here's where things get weird, man. It is not as well-produced. It didn't have as much budget. It's grimier. It's grittier. I gave the last one a seven, but somehow, I think it got a lot to do with that music, by the way. It got an eight from me. I'm giving it an eight in spectacle. Couldn't take my eyes off it. Another match game. I felt the same. And I'm a little more secure on this one because I can tell you what I really loved about it. 
there are a couple scenes in there where Bruce Lee is completely surrounded by hooligans, you know, and I'm watching it. My first thought goes through my head as I see him completely encircled. It's like somebody just take him down. Like he's got his back to somebody. Go get him. But then you watch him and you watch his footwork and you watch his eyes and you think to yourself, if I was in that circle, would I go first? <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't think I would. It's just amazing. Just the, the energy, even when he's not fighting, when he's getting ready to fight. It's like watching a tiger about to spring. And you're like, there's going to be some violence here in a minute. And it, whoop, yep, there it is. It's just, you can't take your eyes off of it. So A for me as well. And I'm going to pass it to our sniper and see which movie you are giving the bullet to there, Jason Keene. Oh, my goodness. What an episode to be on, ladies and gentlemen. This is tight. I am going to still go with my initial thought, which was the big boss. Not because if you compare them side by side, obviously, Blood and Bone has more what we would consider big budget spectacle. But if you take into consideration the time and place where this was filmed and all of the martial arts uh, ingenuity that's going on with Bruce Lee and bringing new stuff, I have to give it to the big boss. I think that is more than fair. And that wraps up the spectacle. And I'm giving it back to you for best action scene, Jared. That must mean that's round five. (laughs) Round five is best action scene. We're going to go through and take a look at uh, how my brother Jason broke out the action scenes of Blood and Bone. We'll pick some favorites and we'll do that again for the big boss and we'll do some scoring. So anyway, let's start with Blood and Bone 2009. What action scenes did you select for our attention, Mr. Weasel Skull? Well, there's a lot of fights. So we could go into this all day long. <laughs> so if I will call your attention to subparagraph 32, I can see. <laughs> I started with the shower fight. I think that is a legit fight for an opening scene. So we're going to give yes. them the shower fight or what I call it message received and understood. <laughs> i think they got the message and then i just went into fight montage i just lumped them all up together you can take them all the way from that first knucklehead that he beat up with like one punch to the big guy the hammer that he had to fight so fight montage and i just called that one in honor of our show keep your head down and your knuckles up knuckles up i like it then i went to the end where we have bone versus Pretty boy. Pretty boy price. I called that one. You should have hung up that suit. (laughs) (laughs) He had an opportunity. Uh, That suit is ruined. That's (laughs) like blood stain. It's all wrinkled, covered in sweat and stuff now. Men's warehouse will not take that back. (laughs) No, they're strict on the return policy. It's not. Mm -hmm. And then the final fight, Bone versus James, or I called it, hey, hands off. Ah, (laughs) all right what was your favorite fight in that film uh mr jason keen i'll let you go first i think i would probably go with the uh first montage that you uh spoke of from the first you know one punch fight all the way up until the first uh mini boss i guess of this uh movie that was just a lot of fun 
you know, that's where we really got to see him. We got to see him fighting the prison earlier, but this was like, okay, now you get to see me know what I'm doing against legitimate fighters. Well, eventually you got to legitimate fighters. I still feel bad for that cowboy guy who took on the hammer. I, I thought he was going to do oh better. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> cowboy. He, he was going to do better, too. <laughs> Man, and he thought they were bigger in Texas. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it did not go well for him. No. All right. Weasel Skull, what's your favorite fight scene? Blood and Bone. I'm, I'm going to go with Bone versus Pretty Boy. Even though I didn't get exactly what I thought or maybe even what I hoped for, it was interesting in that there were just kind of like levels. They, they would take it up a level. And you saw two really technically proficient fighters acting it out on screen. And it was kind of mesmerizing to watch their footwork, the way they position their body, and just respect that strength and that agility and that flexibility throughout the way that they filmed it, you kind of got to see it. They slowed it down a bit. They give, they broke it down into chunks where you could go, oh, that was cool, and that was cool. So it was an interesting way to film it. So, yeah, I'll go with that one. You know what? And in, in the interest of fairness to all, I'm going to say my favorite is the opening scene in the, in the prison. That was my second, yeah. And here's the That's thing. I would score each and every one of these exactly the same. So I could have picked any of these. But since we've already talked about the other two, I'm going to say what a great opening kind of put me in mind of not as good as, but put me in mind of the bloodbath opening from blade. Like this movie has my attention. It's an attention grabber from the beginning. The last, isn't it like a literal hit that splatters blood that goes into the title screen that says blood and bone. Like it's just like, wow, blood and bone. You're like, Oh my goodness gracious. This We are in for something. So I will give it to that. Let's move over to the big boss, Fist of Fury. Jason, break it down. I'm going to have to crowdsource this one because I was I, I was lazy. So we're going to be doing this in real time, folks. Our first action scene is the one with Chang's cousin fighting the guys. They're bullying the lady, selling them the little drink, the ice drink and everything, and the little boy. I'm kind of thinking I'll call that, here's some extra punch. <laughs> How's that sound? I got some I like okay. There we go. I like All it. right. Kind of the next big fight scene that, that comes to mind is when they go on strike and the foreman tries to break up the strike. And this is finally where, where Chang gets into the action. I think I'll call that one somebody's getting their bell rung. Is he rings? He's doing he's good. Rings, no. You don't even have to yeah, crowd talk. Ladies and gentlemen, watching this live, I can't describe to you how fast <laughs> it is. If it matters, I was going to say mine was going to be strike first, strike hard. But I like yours. I like the bell ring because nice, that's nice. his job. All right. Somebody's getting their bell rung. All right. So, third one. Let's, let's see. Ice house fight. I think you got to go ice house fight. No, I got a good one. <laughs> It's kind of a deep cut. Let me try it out on you guys, see if it works. The bad guys think they got him collared. I'm referring to the big-ass collar that bad guy was wearing. Oh, there. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I forgot. All right, too deep? Too deep, right? Oh, no, oh. it was perfect. Like, the minute you said it, I was like, he had a – I remember looking at Johanna while we were watching. I was like, when do we that bring guy. these back in style? I love it. Uh, right <laughs> now. I just glided into it. <laughs> well, I think it was a purple shirt too, if I'm not mistaken. Was it orange? 
Maybe was it orange? Was I can't remember. He was, was wearing a pink one for a while, but I think yeah. Yeah, okay. I, that guy just had all big collars, man. That, big collar guy. I love it. So then we got the big boss fight, and let's call that one um, I'm giving him the bird. <laughs> nice. <laughs> take nice. It. I'll I like take that. It. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, there it is. I think we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad for, for the last minute assignment. Jason's been given a gift, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Mr. Keen, which one of these fight scenes in Big Boss do you prefer? Got to be Ice House. I was waiting on the Ice House fight the entire first half of the movie. There's fights near the Ice House, but then finally we're in the Ice House and the saw comes into effect. And yeah, it's just the most Bruce Lee that I, we, I keep repeating myself on this thing about how much Bruce Lee is Bruce Lee, but that's what it was. It was just pure Bruce Lee. I could mainstream that. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> I like how in that fight, especially and I'm picking the same one, by the way. I like how at random moments he'd be like, you know what? I'm going to change location and run over here. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd all yeah. be like, let's follow him over there. I'm like, he whooped your ass over there. Now he's doing over there. <laughs> stop, stop following. <laughs> you set yourselves up. He's like, I wonder what it would look like if I whooped your ass from the top of this wooden platform. I wonder what it would look like if I whooped your ass over here. Like, goodness gracious. Just leave him alone. You're not going to win. Awesome caller, though. Uh, yeah, Jason nailed that. All right. Weasel Skull, what's your favorite one? Let's just go ahead and make it the trifecta. It's that ice house fight. And it's not just the fight. It's the setup to it. The big reveal. When he sees the bodies encased in those blocks of ice, that is just gruesome and tragic. And you understand why he's so enraged at this point. And final thought, like, again, as a Bruce Lee kind of newcomer here, in my mind, I've seen him a lot of times, you know, posters and everything with the nunchucks, and you see clips online with him with the nunchucks. I'd never seen him before with just a knife in a knife fight, and that was really cool to watch. He has all of those sweet, sweet kung fu moves with a knife in his hand, and he is just dealing it out in that scene. And it's, whoo, it is violent. The setup is creepy. The setting is just awesome. It's awesome setting for a fight and boy for um we've talked about it for a shoestring budget they got maximum return on their investment there and it was really really cool absolutely and we're about to score these but i i had don't know where else i would fit this in but i forgot to mention jason mentioned tough setups man they killed that kid man when they killed that kid he had that look like okay i'm gonna kill every last one of these dudes now and then my man rolled up that guy's house. We didn't talk about this. It deserves mentioning. With like a bag of chips. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Straight snacking. Like, yeah, I'm going to kill everybody here. Let me finish my snack. <laughs> oh, my God. Snack. What flavor do you think those were? What is ass-kicking flavor? <laughs> is, that, is that sour cream and onion? Mesquite? Or is that I was like thinking some- mesquite. A little spicy. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Raise the temperature a little bit. Holy Maybe God. some Fritos. Yeah, all right. I can't believe I forgot to mention that. We rolled up with a bag of chips. Anyway, we got to score some stuff. Let's go back to uh, Blood and Bone. We all like different ones. Jason, the Weasel Skull, all break one to ten on your favorite fight scene, which you picked the last one, I do believe. I did. I picked the one against uh, the other fighter, a pretty boy, I think is what they called him, Fancy Dan. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, I scored that one at a seven. Pretty much they're all kind of at seven level for me. 
Hey, I think my man crush on Michael Jai White shows up here because I scored mine at an eight. I felt like they're all about eights for me, but factor in my man crush. All right, let's go to the big boss. We all like the Ice House fight. I mean, all the fights were fun, and Ice House definitely had an intensity to it. What is this called? Nine. I mean, I think that was just a straight-up solid nine. I mean, I know that Bruce Lee probably has better fights coming. I, we saw some amazing ones in Enter the Dragon. I saw some pretty good ones in the movie that I accidentally watched before this one. <laughs> <laughs> but that one, uh, in my mind, is a solid nine, no question. Okay, man, I think, I feel like I scored it low now. I'm going to stick with it. I scored it at an eight, and it might be because I know of, of the other fights to come. And I also got to factor in, like I said, you guys watch, you guys are watching this for the first time. So it has a freshness to you that I've seen it a few times. That gives our spotlight, the unenviable spotlight, once again, lands on Mr. Keen here. So hey, Google man. This one may be a little bit easier than the others, just like you said, because of its newness to me, I'm going with the big boss because of the iconography of it. It's still fresh for me, so it's an easy pick for this one. That's more than fair. And that's the end of round five. That leaves one last round. Tiger uppercut! The round for the ridiculous, the deduction round. We can deduct up to 10 points off of either film for anything that we think is just beyond the pale of ridiculous. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we turn around and maybe give a bonus point because we do what we want here on Action Film Face-Off, at least when Laurel's not looking. So, Jared, are you going to take any points off of Blood and Bone? You know, I don't think I am. I will say that I thought the little end credit scene of we had to watch old dude get, like, sexually molested in prison I was like, I don't think I really needed that, but it's not enough to deduct. I was just like, ah, oh, you should just let those credits roll. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not going to take a point off, but I will. I'm just letting them know I got, I got my eye on you, blood and bone. I got my eye on you, but I'm not taking a point off though. I was kind of in the same place. Like, is this enough to where I want to take a point off? Because the man lost his hand, got beat, got sent to prison. How much more do we need to just drag him through the We got it. Right? He, we got it. He it got his felt a bit excessive. It felt a bit excessive. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's move it on over to the big boss. You have the cojones to take any points off of the big boss, Jerry. Not at all. I think if you're going to take any point off, it might be for, uh, you know, the cartoon cutout thing. But, you know, I like it, so I'm not going to do that. I almost gave it a plus one because that VHS I watched in – high school it was edited there was no nudity at all so this time when i watched it i had an unedited one i was like oh oh my goodness there's boobs in this <laughs> and there's almost a plus one but then i had to remember i'm not 14 years old so i can't it'd be a plus two jared <laughs> what was i thinking Personally, <laughs> unless you watch a total recall that is plus three <laughs> ah, yes yes <laughs> Baby, you made me wish I had three points to give. <laughs> <laughs> but no, all that to be said, I'm not taking anything off. <laughs> it was kind of a joke. <laughs> I'm uh, making jokes without trying now. I'm not taking any points off. I almost took one off for making Bruce Lee a scab. <laughs> they're, all, they're all on strike. And then the boss gets him, you know, hopped up on Hennessy and good food and it, it, it makes him foreman. And he's like, oh, yeah, what was they doing? <laughs> Get back to work, you sons of you lazy bastard. Something I was supposed to do today. <laughs> oh, but I think it was a good part of the story, so I'll leave it alone. Jason, any uh, just 
this will be your opportunity to weigh any grievances. Lay them on the table. Yeah, I would probably deduce a little bit. Uh, I'd take a point or two off from Blood and Bone just for that last scene was a little excessive. And there was a couple of other lines here or there that were a little cringy nowadays, but nothing, you know, egregiously unforgivable. So maybe one point off from that. Uh, not touching the big boss. I'm not that brave. It's uh, the, the that cardboard cutout is fine. Fine, Mr. Lee. Yes, sir. That was in your mood. You didn't like it either? Okay, I didn't either, but I'm still not taking a point off. That worked. So, yeah, only the one for me. Yeah, um, I thought about the that. Big Boss works. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about it, too. I mean, it wasn't enough to have me take any points off, but it was like, this is kind of a serious scene, man. He just... Yeah, like, yeah, it was <laughs> You know, he's found his... His family's dead bodies encased in ice, and then it's like, but look, we made a cardboard cutout. (laughs) 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 That is the end of our official rounds. Okay, folks, don't worry if you haven't been keeping up with the math at home, because we do that for you here at Action Film Face-Off. Let's start with Match Game. If you guessed six match games, then you win. Jason and I matched six times. Let's review what our sniper did. Our sniper ended up giving two bonus points to Blood and Bone and three to the big boss. And that is going to be really, really important here momentarily. This is one of those rare Action Film Face-Off episodes where the sniper made all the difference. Because I'm going to tell you right now. A lot of pressure, Gus. At the end of scoring, without the sniper bullets included, the score ended up being 76 to 76. Ooh. That's Jason and I's scores. Wow. Holy cow, guys. Here we go. Looking at the judges' scorecards. The winner of this episode of Action Film Face-Off with a score of 79 to 78, all because the sniper, the big boss. Congratulations to the big boss. Now let's head over to the randomizer and find out what the years are going to be for the next episode. Jared, what's up with the randomizer? It used to be all digital and sleek, and now it's just like <laughs> it's like got gears and it's all clunky. What's what's happening here? Ah, oh, that's because uh, next episode we're going to be doing a retro rewind, which means we break out the other randomizer. And our usual one is set from 1970 to modern day. The uh, analog one here it goes from 1950 to 1969. All right, whoa. Yep, you heard it. So my brother Jared's going to be pulling a film from... Choose Your Destiny. Nineteen fifty-seven, And I will bring a film from... Choose Your Destiny. Nineteen fifty-five. Oh boy, what will those films be? Well, we're going to tease them on social media like we always do for those of you who want to watch before listening, and we include you, Dave, on on that list of folks that like to watch before they listen. Or 
you can tune in next episode and just find out. Until then, I'm Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. You can find me on social media at Jason Albrecht on Instagram and Thread. And you can find me, Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, a.k.a. Death Probe, at Yard Sale Artist on X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can check out my website, www.theyardsaleartist.com. And let's go to the sniper. Mr. Jason Keen, how can people reach out to you? They can find me in my classroom. If you have me, make sure you bring your pencils and a copy of your favorite comic book. We will cover that in class eventually. But um, yeah, I don't really do the social media right now. I might be back on uh, later next year. I've been working on a little project for school that I might release to the public. I'm doing a action if you guys are familiar with Toy Fair, the uh, magazine that used oh, to be yeah. Lizard, yeah, they had yeah, the, fan. Yeah. yeah, they had the Toy Fair Twisted Action Theater or whatever yeah, it was. In the I back. remember it. I'm doing a little bit of that, trying to set up a different way to teach Shakespeare to my kids. So I'm using uh, action figures. So I'm doing a Mr. T inspired version of Othello. So, <laughs> uh, Mr. T, I was like, I hope it's Othello. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I pay the fool. <laughs> exactly so uh hopefully that'll be up uh maybe by christmas time we'll see if i can get that done awesome awesome well be sure to check out all the shows under the longbox crusade umbrella by subscribing to longbox crusade on any of your finer podcatches or over there on youtube or you can check us out directly at www.longboxcrusade.com if you want to send a question or a comment, maybe you agreed with some of our choices, disagreed with some of our choices, you want to talk about these action movies, there's plenty of ways you can do that. You can hit up Longbox Crusade on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. On Twitter, aka X, we have our own account, at AFFO Podcast. So you can chat with us directly there as well. And of course, you can always leave a voicemail. Our voicemail line is 707-532-5269. That's 707532 box. Pick up the phone. Oh. <laughs> I like that back up at the end. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. And until next episode, keep your head down and your knuckles, knuckles up. The intro and outro theme to this show and all of our action film face-off shows are done by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. And then he starts shooting at me!